Listen up, nerds. We're doing pen and paper stuff. The Paladins of Podcast are back. Are back. And rolling the dice on new content, upgrades to nothing, and a few missing pages from the rule books. Introducing Joshua Johnson, the man behind. Wait, where did those notes go? Follow Rob and Josh as they navigate the outer planes and anywhere in between on the Epic Table Games Audio Show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Epic Table Games Audio Show with Paladins, a podcast. Rob, and today I'm actually here with special guests again, and I'm going to let them take the floor and introduce themselves. It's a very, very big honor to have you guys. Uh, go ahead and let everybody know who you are. Thank you so much, Rob. Hi, I'm Jay Dragon. I am the uh, editorial director at Possum Creek Games, uh, the uh, author behind Wander Home and one of the creators behind Yuseba's Bed and Breakfast. I'm a game designer. Uh, I like games about community magic, uh, impossible things. Um, and I'm super excited to be here with my business partner. Um, hi, I'm Ruby Lavin. I'm the editor of Possum Creek. We don't really like games of any kind, uh, but I do really like making beautiful things, so that is what I do professionally. Grubby hates games. She only likes long-form improvised LARPs and dialect once a year. <laughs> true. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, I, Very I a connoisseur. To, I wanted to bring you on. Uh, specifically to talk about Wander Home. I know that you guys had a really big year this year with Gen Con and the Any Awards. Uh, congratulations. That's really, um, it's a massive success. Yeah, That's thanks. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that and the Nebulas and just a, a lot of, a lot of people are really interested in the thing we've made, which is, you know, the, the highest honor you can ask for when you make a thing. That's absolutely true. And I'll say I stumbled across the Kickstarter I want to say it had already been completed last year. And mm-hmm. I had initially talked with my co-host from season one uh, about it. And I was super interested. And I loved both the art style and the feel. Because personally, I am a kick in the door, blow shit up, and loot the room kind of guy. <laughs> so um, this game is not that at all. No. And... No, definitely not. <laughs> it, it speaks to me, which is which is kind of... <laughs> unique in its own right um it's a game that right off the bat really suits my uh wanderlust my want to travel and just sort of take things easy and kind of chill um and that's what i really like about it but it's different than so many things that are out so for both of you guys kind of where did you get your start in tabletop games and how did you end up here at wander home Okay, well, um, we both met at a live-action role-playing camp as children. (laughs) So that is how we got our start role-playing. In my memory, which I I admit is a very flawed memory, uh, I I feel like, I think our first interaction was that I was 12, you were like 15 or 16, you were a harpy, and you killed me on top of a rock and ate my heart. Yeah. um, With, like, your gang of harpy girls, and that was kind of the tone for our friendship. Yeah, Um, still, still happening still happening um we became uh i got into tabletop games in college after i'd been larping for a while um 
I like played a bit of fourth edition D and D, and then I got into Monster Hearts, and like it's all down. Right, like that's the that's the gateway, right? You're on like a slippery slide towards the weird stuff. Um, and then yeah. Grubby and I, we started working on our first project, Sleepaway. Um, if I remember right, it was literally like I needed a graphic designer for this game I had written. You knew yeah. a lot more about art and graphic design than me. Yeah, I mean, I was doing, I was like a book designer only at the time you were like i have a book that needs designing mm -hmm. um and i guess it was before the kickstarter for sleepaway um mm -hmm. maybe Time it might have been during frankly it might have been like, it, during it was probably it was during just... yeah um, anyway so i was just gonna be your layout designer but then i had a lot of opinions about like what the book should look like and how the art should be mm -hmm. and we just realized that we made a really good team so mm -hmm. when you started planning Wonder Mom, like 10 seconds later, because of how fast you work, you were like, <laughs> <laughs> well, we like to tell people the story as though it's like, it's like when you're seeing someone and you don't know whether it's official or not. Um, mm -hmm. So one day she was like, will you be my business partner for real instead of just someone that I chat with on Facebook for 12 hours a day? And I was like, yes, I will do this with you. <laughs> we are official. Yes, we're official. So, and that was the start of Possum Creek. That was yeah. awesome. That's that's great. Um, it's it's very natural, and I think that it it shows not mm -hmm. just in um one project particular, but in all the projects that you guys mm -hmm. have worked together through. And I think that in itself speaks volumes because, <clears throat> again, it seems like currently the market is dominated by two big publishers, which is unfair to so many smaller publishers, uh, and so many people trying to break in. Um, having the connection that you two do really helps shine and it allows the games to really connect with individuals on a more of a personal level. So, And I think also we're coming at it from such a different angle, right? Like if you look at our backgrounds, I'm, you know, like on a purely game design level, like we're coming from LARP, we're coming from uh, like heavy indie games, right? Like games which, you know, like spark debates about whether or not they count as games, right? Like we're coming from this very kind of like indie, not central environment um and then also artistically we're not you know we in fact explicitly like if we look at an artist's portfolio and we're like this looks too much like dungeons and dragons we're not interested right like, honestly honestly i'm so far past that like i was looking at artists today and some of them i'm like this doesn't look like dnd art but it does look like indie rpg art um like cosmo galuzzi is like amazing and did a lot of work for uh and so anytime something looks a little too much like him, which is, again, amazing. I'm like, oh, but it's been done. Looks like Lancer. <laughs> yeah. I got to get something that no one would ever put on RPG. Um, and then, well, like, we I, both have, yeah. like, Jay was a was going to be a history major in college. And, like, I am sometimes an illustrator. Um, so we just come at our projects from such a different angle than everybody else is. Yeah, like, I feel like there's such a, like, people make this kind of bizarre fallacy where they look at the, the the companies that are popular and they're like, oh, Dungeons and Dragons is the big thing. If I want to become popular, I want to make something that resembles Dungeons and Dragons. But overwhelmingly, the people who have Dungeons and Dragons aren't looking for another Dungeons and Dragons. They have, right. like, you have the thing you like, right? Like, you know, like, you if you like chocolate ice cream, I'm not going to sell you on my, like, you know, like, like, I'm not going to sell you on like my slightly different chocolate ice cream, right? Like, that's a that's a hard, it's a weird sell. But if I'm like, hey, do you want to try my like, 
raspberry eclair, right? Like it's a total, like you're, it's, it's a different, we're talking to a different group of people, right? We're talking to a different community. And I think that's been really critical for helping people like onboard and get excited and get involved because we're not, we're not interested in, in making anything that looks like Hasbro's got their market. Paisa's got their market. We want to make something that excites people that is from a, like from our artistic, from our literary, from our, like from our own personal kind of angle. That's, excuse me. Um, that's just very different than what other people are doing. I, I think you guys really nailed it with this one. I'm art. Direction, <laughs> I, have to say. Um, I love the painter style. Um, it's yeah. got a very um, beautiful aesthetic to it. And it reminds me mm-hmm. of some of the most beautiful art that just sort of fits with me. Um, in fact, one of the things that come to mind is the old, um, oh man, I'm going to butcher the name, but the old Okami yeah. video game. Oh yeah, the- sure. Back uh, in the day, the wolf. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's got that flow to it where even if you don't see every brushstroke, you feel every brushstroke. And mm-hmm. I know that for the, our listeners in an audio show, it's hard to really describe this in a way that they can they can visualize it. But damn, the book looks good. And <laughs> um, even the interior design, the layout design, it's not packed wall to wall. That's wonderful. There's plenty of open space to breathe. Um, yeah. And it feels like through each page, um, it all reflects upon the tone and feel of the game. Um, And that's something that you don't see very often, something you don't see very frequently with larger publishers. Um, I mean, we're not looking at a 500 page tome right here. This is- Well, what is it? 275? It's still, still, in comparison to like what D&D puts out, it's, it's it's pretty small. Yeah. It won't in comparison you can save us bed and breakfast, which is our next project. <laughs> oh god. That's gonna be a tome. Mm-hmm. That's all right. Um mm-hmm. so I I remember as you guys had said that you came from LARP to tabletop mm-hmm. games. That seems different than what most people most people go backwards, I guess. It, yes. Yeah. Someone I mean a lot of once uh, I was gonna say someone once described it to me when I was explaining my little history to them. They were like, that's like doing ketamine before trying alcohol. Um, which is a really, I think, intense yeah. comparison, but is yeah. also, it's definitely in the deep end before you, like, go through the normal pathway. A lot of people, when we talk about this, are like, listen, I love I love tabletop games, but I would never LARP. That shit's, like, weird and for nerds. And I'm like, yeah, that's how I feel in reverse, because, like, oh, it was... started with LARP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's funny really for me. Fun. Yeah. When I first started designing, like, when I first started playing tabletop games, there was this like little elitist part of me that was like, oh, well, this isn't really a game. It's just people describing playing a game because there's no somatic tactile component, right? You're not out in the woods actually embodying the stuff you're describing. And then, you know, like I, I obviously I got into it and I got kind of what was going on. But I think that that tactile component, even with the book, right, the book as like an object that sits at the table, right? The book isn't a neutral thing. The book isn't like, an invisible thing that isn't at the table. The book's at the table. It's informing how you play. You yeah. pick it up and you flip through it and it makes you feel things at the table. And yeah. right. a lot of right. like, yeah. This is why we as a company never stop making physical books. People are like, well, you could just do PDFs and your game posters. And we're like, it's not, that's not what we yeah. do or whatever. We're right. And yeah. I, I greatly appreciate that. I'm I'm a physical book kind of person. Um, mm-hmm. PDF, I mean, bring in, electronics to the table i'm i'm a huge heavy table player 
and I have tried LARP. Um, I avoided it for a long time. I tried <laughs> sure. uh, both Vampire and Werewolf. Um, Most LARP's bad, <laughs> including a lot of uh, Vampire and Werewolf. <laughs> yeah, we, we resolved things with rock, paper, scissors, and it was mm -mm. super confusing. And mm -mm. Like, it, it was no. such a bad taste. I couldn't go back yeah. and do it again. No. But I, as like, I could join the SCA and I could do that. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. um, I guess that's still taking LARP one step farther. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, yeah, you're right. The book is both a physical object that I love having at the table and you do interact with it. You're constantly referencing, you're looking at it. It's the manual, um, mm -hmm. everything you need. So that philosophy is, is wonderful. It's not something I've thought about mm -hmm. before. Um, I just kind of mm -hmm. look at it like this is my, this is my support network here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like when you're like when you're when you're when you're running a game, you want kind of like a like it's the equivalent of like being able to like pull up a like a a Pinterest mood board or like a uh like pull just like pull up a pull up like pull up references, right? Like the part of the purpose of art in a in a in a well-directed RPG is that the art uh informs the gameplay, right? Like when you're playing and you're trying to describe something you can flip to a page in the book and be like, I look like that. Or like this character looks like that. Right. Like yeah. the, the, the tech, like the images become an immediate like visual shorthand that everyone can use, you know, to right. discuss but also, magic. but also like this, this is a common theme in a lot of our work is like, we got so many artists for wonder home because we didn't want there to be like a, um, not a canon, kind of a canon. We didn't want there to be one way that the world was supposed to look because it's like a three-point RPG. Like everyone's game of Wanderhome is gonna be extremely different. Um, and we wanted to have so many different perspectives on the world so that everyone could see like, oh, like you can do whatever you want here. Um mm -hmm. and you have many, many options to draw from your own. Yeah. yeah. Like there's there's art in Wanderhome that looks very peaceful and there's art in Wanderhome that looks very tragic. And we wanted and there's to like and there's like, you know, painterly art and there's like cute cartoony art and, you know, mm -hmm. whatever you want to do. And that's like very mm -hmm. important for us. And we have to be very mm -hmm. Now, I, I will say I was flipping through it shortly before we connected. Um, like I, um, I got a bad habit of reading multiple different rule books at one time. So weird, um, very <laughs> weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, Extremely I, normal. <laughs> I think it's normal. Like, for example, not only am I reading through Wanderhome, I'm reading through the Cortex system um, mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the Cipher system. <laughs> oh, yeah. What a what a bunch of bedfellows. Yeah. Um, um, now, one of those things that a lot of the a lot of the things that they have in common, they use like a D20 system, but you don't have mm -hmm. dice. You use a, to a token system, mm -hmm. um, which is I'm going to say it's unique in how it's presented, but I've seen things where we use uh, tarot cards or other similar items mm -hmm. that are not dice. Um, mm -hmm. So it leads me to, did you use a base system for your uh, inspiration here on yeah. your uh, rule set? So Wanderhome is built on the belonging outside belonging system, which was pioneered by Avery Alder and Benjamin Rosenbaum in 2018 with Dream Askew and Dream Apart, which is a fantastic pair of games. I think it's a noteworthy system um, in addition to kind of like the, the very core, like, you know, token exchange process, um, a big thing that Avery has talked about with that system is um, there's a philosophical component to it as well, which is why it's called belonging outside belong, is that in addition to being a system of tokens, 
it is also that the games that emerge from it tend to be games about outcasts on the periphery forming community kind of against this kind of in in kind of trying to find their place in the larger world um and wander home i think takes a more like peaceful and compassionate angle to that in comparison to a lot of other bob games but um the the i think it is certainly unique in its scale and scope and notability right like you know uh certainly like you know i i adore bob as a system but wander home is like an exemplary you know like it is it is a standout member of the genre um and i think that what makes wander home notable is in addition so oftentimes in belonging outside belonging you get a token when you fail and you spend that token to succeed effectively right that's kind of the framing uh, and in Wander Home, it's not that. In Wander Home, you you take a token uh, when you make a sacrifice to help someone else, and you spend that token to assert or like ex- you know discover or to like you know kind of change or to kind of like you know project your player's will your, yourself as a player into the the game to kind of make a a more dramatic change. Um, and that removal of failure, the like the kind of the fact that it's a game that is like, yeah, there's no combat in the game, but even more broadly, there's no uh, there's no failure framework, right? It's not a game about success and failure, not even fail forward. It's just not a game about success and failure uh, that I think is kind of what makes the mechanic very like new to a lot of folks and kind of it get, pr- allows it to get it sort of these these other levels of role play that you don't normally get to get at. I can agree with that. Um it's it's definitely role play heavy. Um mm-hmm. and I, I love that aspect to it. And I think that as I've I've spent twenty some years in tabletop games and as I have developed experience I've found that A, I am almost fed up with uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I'm looking for something new. And I've gotten to the point where 30% or less is combat oriented. It's social interactions and storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's really what I like to see in here, Tell. And this this game allows me to do that, but it's a hard sell for a lot of my friends um, mm-hmm. and people I generally play with. Um, they have a hard time with a, a DM-less system and they don't understand a narrated style of the game. Um, and there's no kicking ass. And I'm trying to tell them, I'm like, yo, just chill. Um, relax and we're going to work our way through it um but i you know they don't take it seriously enough so uh, grubby just disconnected i think she she'll, did. she did i'm going to send oh she just messaged me i just had to rejoin the server so i think she will get back in here in a moment or we can just cut around hello <laughs> there we go we're back um don't know what, what that was. mystery brownout or something yeah um, it's uh, still power season yeah it it's is raining uh-huh. is it still raining you guys are new york right yeah, yeah we're, we're it is both in upstate new york right now and it's it is thank god because we're in a huge yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. we've yeah. gotten like a an inch in the last three hours i think yeah, that wow. that seems true here too. I like there was a brownout right before this. I was like, oh. Anyway, yeah. um, 
your question, let me just remind myself your question. Your question was, or your, Daddy. it was. <laughs> I'm working. Um, this is Jay and his business partner, Ruby. Hello. Thank you. Hi. Okay. I got to work. Love you, Daddy. I love you too. Living household. Love it. Thank love you. Love it. It's embarrassing. <laughs> no, it's not. No. I, I, <laughs> I try really hard to keep them totally separate. I love my kids to death. Um, it's just I never know. To, I know how to introduce them. Like they just they're no, so friendly. No strangers. Last time, that's last a good time thing. I was in a last time I was in a regular like campaign. It, I think it was Fate. I say D and D campaign because I'm not like you people. Um, <laughs> we played at this guy's house, and he had like two young kids. And whenever they really wanted to hang out at the table, we would just let them roll for our enemies and just like beat the shit out of us. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I, I like it. I mean, they're generally included when we uh, when we game, and I have uh, sure, sure. I, I've paused my tabletop games because of the whole move and everything. Um, of course. So I think we're picking back up at end of September, and hopefully the offices and everything is up and running. Um, I'll mm -hmm. tell you, last night when we were talking about rain here, we had enough rain. We're in uh just north of Kalamazoo, Michigan. Oh so, yeah. We got hit with it um, just before you guys did. Our power went out, came on sometime last night. Um, mm -hmm. And I think we ended up having, I don't know, like 12 full branches nearly fall on our house. Was, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, you know, at 8 o'clock at night, here I am <laughs> moving branches to the side of the road. It was not fun. Oh, my God. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. We, um, I'm at my parents' house. Usually I live in Philly, but to deal with bears up here they have an electric like a an electrified dumpster and so last <laughs> night as we were going to bed my dad was like oh shit like the dumpster is off because the power is off like how do we get anyway we ran a long long extended like, order from a generator to a dumpster like, oh my like God. a bug zapper for bears yeah <laughs> <laughs> gotta keep them out somehow that is a riot yeah mm -hmm. hilarious mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh man! Oh, I could I could talk about general life stuff. For <laughs> uh, trying to stay focused can be a problem. Yeah, sometimes. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's find the let's find the thread. Yeah, um, let's, you're back. talking about how it's difficult to uh, gather people to play or kind of like mobilize them um, to convince them. That's the phrase that I just completely. It said mobilize instead. Um, uh, I think that. First off, if it helps at all, Wander Home is GM optional. So if you want to play it with a GM, it is it's got room for that. Mm -hmm. Um it's we like to it's it's it was designed without one, but I certainly find for like integrating new people and kind of bringing them in from Dungeons and Dragons or that kind of, you know, those those systems yeah. that are kind of in that world. Uh Yeah, they it, like someone to do the they like someone to do the NPC voices for them. Yes, exactly. It it helps <laughs> when some like it helps to at least to start to get to get integrated, to be like, oh, someone's doing this for me. But um, I think the, I, the main way we convince people is you were saying, like, you've been playing games for a long, long time, and mainly you just, like, don't do combat now. And Jay talks a lot about how, like, D&D doesn't really have rules for what you're doing, but people talk about those parts of their campaigns as, like, some of their favorites. Okay. Like, you have a D&D session where you don't have any combat, you just talk to each other, and, like, people around the world, and, like, that's Wonder Home. That's what Wonder Home is. Yeah. You're already playing it when you're playing your favorite. I like yeah, I like to joke. Uh it's like when you when you play a session without ending up rolling any dice, it's very much like kind of targeting that specific sense of like 
um, digging deep into the world, right? Kind of just allowing yourself to immerse into it. Um, and that I think like there, you know, it's not for everyone. Of course, no game is forever, right? Like right. there's a lot of games I don't like, you know, certainly most games are not for grubby. Um, but I do think like Wander Home, like it's like, it's a very different approach, but it is also, I think a very, like it has the ability to, to feel to like to allow you to you know get at new ways of looking at the game like yeah. if especially if you've been playing games for a while it's like oh this is you know you've maybe not run a game this you know it kind of pushes you out yeah. into a different zone of play yes and i i like i like the idea that um as you said you eventually get to a point where you want more storytelling and wander home is those social interactions it's the storytelling that you're doing and the combat heavy games uh, mm -hmm. Does that mean that as Wander Home, as a, as a project and as a finished game, was this the game that you both had needed or wanted that was unavailable? Or was this just something deep in the heart that you needed to get out? I think Wander Home, not so much itself as a game, but Wander Home as like a world and a conception, like as a, like, I started working on it at the start of quarantine just for like an emotional state context on like where the whole world was, you know, at the end of March in 2020, right? Like right. that was kind of the environment that, that started Wander Home. And so a lot of it was like this kind of like, wow, what if it was possible for there to be a better world than this one? Like, what if it was possible to imagine a world in which people were kinder to each other? Uh, where like healing is possible um and i think also there's a lot of like our own homes and our own childhoods and our like the the landscapes we grew up in in the rural hudson valley where wander home visually is that as well sure yeah i would say that like mechanically wander home did not come from like a game design perspective like i don't think jay was like i think there should be a game with no violence and no dm and very few rules um i think like the way that your game design brain works is like you wanted to make a kind game and you thought about it really 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 hard and then all of those systems emerged from like the whole aesthetic and kindness or whatever yeah, yeah i like i like i like was like you know, wow, wouldn't it be nice if, you know, there was, there was moss by the riverbeds and there are people who walk around on the moss and, like, have a little beetle caravan that they take across a stone bridge. And right, then I, then, like, yeah. Because but, you're you, you're like, well, if I'm making the moss bridge game, well, uh, no one should have swords. And yeah, well, that's well, the system. Well, what happened was I wrote down the possibility space for, like, things that I was interested in happening where I was, like, someone does something what's the worst case scenario i can imagine and what's the best case scenario i can imagine and like the worst case was that they give something up to help someone else and the best case was like making the world a better place if only for a moment and i was like okay there's not like that kind of cuts out most of like that is that is a very different possibility space than what most games are working with right where like yeah. if you do that same exercise for most other games you get a very different spread and so it was like, well, wander home. If I want to capture this emotional spread, I need to make a game that that is is built that way. Yeah, I spent like just like three days in the hole, just visualizing. <laughs> three days. 
nice nice after three days i i i like to write and tell stories and my process after three days i'm i got too much in my plate like i've got like six different chapters thread out and i gotta bridge them all together and i'm i I can't just like power through anything anymore i man Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's health all right i'm I'm very fortunate this is my full-time job (laughs) yeah yeah that's amazing um any advice on that? I know that there are plenty of our listeners really like the idea of jumping in. So mm-hmm. as your full-time job, is there any advice that you can offer to kind of help those feel more confident stepping into this uh, career, this line of work? Well, just to be flippant, have you tried being really smart and then really lucky? Like the, lucky, <laughs> like the um, luckiest person who has ever lived. Yeah, it is, it is. It is unfortunately true that... Um, Tabletop, getting into tabletop games is a lot like getting into any other creative industry right now. And like, if you if you truly want to be like, I think, okay, the best advice I ever got was from Avery Alder very early on, where she sat me down and she was like, genuinely visualize what you actually want to be doing. Because I think a lot of people are like, I would like to be a full-time tabletop person. And it's like, okay, what does that mean to you? Because if your answer to that is, I want to be publishing games, so you want to be a full-time small businessman, right? You want to run a company full-time. That's what, you know, like, I want to be, I want to be a tabletop game writer. Okay, you want to be a writer. Cool. Like, that is, like, being a full-time writer is, like, a a thing that we conceptualize in our culture, right? Like, it's just as hard as being a full-time writer in any other discipline, right? Like, I think nailing down what is it you actually want to be and then taking steps towards being that, not just in the kind of nebulous, oh, I want to do stuff in tabletop games, but like, I want to publish my own games on a crowdfunding platform and handle the logistics and distribution of that. And if that's what you want, which is bizarrely what I want, um, <laughs> then uh, you can pursue that, but you have, and like, to pursue that then is the kind of, you know, it is the same as any other industry where it's like, if you want to be a full-time content creator for tabletop games, there are a ton of other content creators in under other industries who have followed that path in their own way. And it's a very similar shaped path, right? If you want to be, you know, like whatever that sh- path is, it's not unique to tabletop games, but you have to understand like what it is you are visualizing and that like, like, it is also going to involve luck and charm and like just d- 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 uh, not good time management. <laughs> it is, it is, I think like, I, I will say though, I know that sounds all very negative. Um, I do think tabletop games are in a kind of unprecedented position than they've been ever where it's like, they are a genuinely growing field in terms of industry and in terms of community and like if that is something you want to do it is certainly something worth doing i just like i strongly encourage people like a thing that i see happen very often to people i care about and are good designers is they'll go i want to design a tabletop game that means i have to put out a book therefore i'm going to create a small business and run a crowdfunding campaign and then manufacture and distribute a book and they do all that and they get super exhausted and they never do anything again because that is an incredibly it's an incredibly tiring process to open and operate a small shipping company yeah and like i think people should understand that like 
if your goal is a physical object that you are shipping out to other people, that's what's involved. But that doesn't have to be your goal. You can create goals that fit within what you actually want, right? Like if what you want is to put your games up online and have people pay money for them, there are many ways to approach that which don't require kind of, you know, going fully into the industry, right? Like finding finding what you're actually looking for and seeking that, I think is going to leave people feeling much more satisfied and is my kind of big piece of advice. I think the nice advice that we give people and the like easier advice is um, like tabletop is a really small... <laughs> tabletop is a small industry and if you want to get into it just get into it like there's a lot of um people talking about tabletop all the time meet some of them Mm -hmm. that you think are cool and make good stuff and just make good stuff with them um Mm -hmm. and then keep talking about it and that is like a pretty low barrier to entry yes yeah it is it is basically true that in any indie tabletop space like r slash rpg twitter tiktok you can find people who are passionate and excited about game design uh, you can find small community discords. So you can access those. And like, yeah, just having fun making stuff and meeting people is the like, is, 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 is like people like that's the, that's the thing you really want to get out of it. Right. Like if you're making things that people like and having fun meeting people and exploring that world, that I think is some of the most worthwhile stuff you can be doing. And I really heartily encourage like join a, join a discord, right. Join a, you know, Follow a tag on Twitter, follow people you admire, you know, yeah. go on, you know, interact with them, go on Reddit, wherever you want to hang out, whatever. Yeah, there's there's a wealth of information out there. And it, uh, I mean, a Google search away, you can generally find it and yes. connect with those people that you really like. Mm-hmm. Um, so thinking about how you're really coming at this from both the designer and business aspect, um, does that leave you a whole lot of time to still play either in your um, live action role play games or at tabletop games? Or are they just no. now in the back burner? Maximally back burner. Huge back burner. After Jay, our most recent. When was the last you... time you played a game that you didn't write? Um, so actually, after our most recent crowdfunding, I had such a bad case of burnout that I refused to write anything and just played games that other people wrote for like five months. So. I will have you know that the most recent time I played a game that I didn't write was uh, like two weeks ago, and it was a Jenna Moran game about being rats climbing around in a magic city, and it was pretty good. Um, <laughs> okay, but but tell me, tell me for for posterity that that's rare. <laughs> tell me. Okay, the thing you have to understand <laughs> is that <laughs> once. When you when you do this thing full time, playing games for fun is like an active choice you have to make. And I've learned the hard way that if I don't make that active choice, I feel miserable and I stop enjoying games. But like you can't like when I was doing it as like a hobby and I was like, you know, like, you know, like it was like, oh, is this, you know, like after work, I write a little bit. Right. I view like, oh, I'll just play games with my friends when I play games with my friends. And now that I've like kind of like it is it's not good for you when you work in this hobby and you forget why you like it and so it's like okay in order to remind myself why i like it i have to play games but i have to make the active conscious choice to play games for fun like i have to like carve out time from my life to be like this is not work this is play because the problem with work and play and like 
this is true in actual play as well. This is a huge thing that I hear a lot of my content creator friends talk about is that like when you go on podcasts and APs and live streams and you're playing games all the time, it stops being fun. It just becomes performance. And the same thing is true for playtesting. And it is really like you do have to actively carve out time. Also, otherwise you get stagnant. You get kind of caught in your own head about it. So yeah, I, I, I try to really like be like, no, I am actively making time for to play games with people. I uh, I carve out a very specific schedule just to play, and mm -hmm. um, it's it's actually a sacred time. It's the time at the mm -hmm. uh, the end of my week that I like to mm -hmm. hang out with my friends. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if we're business partners or mm -hmm. just friends, random people on the internet. We sit down mm -hmm. um, between five to seven p.m. and we game until at least ten, and mm -hmm. that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if people can't make yeah. it. I get irritated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's my relaxed time. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. I. Mm -hmm. I'm the forever DM and I hardly yeah. get a chance to play. It's still relaxing to sit down and do do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, you have I to, you, mm -hmm. you have to like, I think that like you have to treat play as a priority. Like you have to, like there's a certain point where you just have to view like, like having fun as like, like, like is part of your schedule. And that's very workaholic brain of me, but it is also just true that like, that a lot of like, like sometimes I like to joke that like I'm I'm in it for a long time, not for a good time. Uh, and part of what that means is just making like is being like, all right, here's my schedule, and you know half of the day is going to be spent either reading books or doing nothing or playing games, and like that is you know like that that is sacred time, right? You kind of have to carve that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and as I'm monitoring time here. Um... I guess I've got, I don't know, I don't want to call it a two-part question. I know, Ruby, you said that you're not much of a games person, but um, See? It, it's okay. It's okay. Um, <laughs> out of out of everything that you've had experience with and everything that you guys have been interested in, uh, what is the one game genre that you have no desire to play, either again or to even investigate for the first time? And then what is the one that you absolutely want to try, but just can never seem to get into it? Um, I think for... Um, uh, I, I never say never to anything, because I feel like... Like, a game text, right? Like, especially in the context of tabletop, a game text is only one component of kind of the, the process of playing. Um, right. Like, like if a, if a cool, like if, if a, if a, if a cool butch lesbian came up to me and was like, look, we go, we're going to play GURPS and it's going to be amazing. And like, I can run GURPS <laughs> better than anyone else. Um, like GURPS is not usually my thing, but like, yeah, I'd give it a shot. I'd certainly see what the big deal is about. Um, like, you know, I, I, you know, and like, so I think like like I tend not to draw. I will say, um, I think um, games like Pathfinder First Edition or like D and D three point five that are like very much about like feats and character customizations and like lots of little numbers getting added to very long sheets uh, mm -hmm. are real. It it is. I don't believe there's anything new for me to find fun in three point five or its equivalents. I love three point five. Uh, 
You liked that? You played it? You liked it? <laughs> yeah. Why? Yeah. You sick of Okay. <laughs> I know. Oh, you know the you know how the whole problem with games for me is that I never know what my character wants to do? Yes. Or say. Oh. Like, so in 3.5, I'm like, I'm going to do one of my three feats that actually does something. Very it, simple. Solves the problem does, for me. It does give you all of that. Like, I play a barbarian every time or uh, the other one, a warlock with a big sword. That's simple. That's, I think simple. that's fifth I think you're thinking of fifth edition. Well, no, warlock for fifth, barbarian for three point. Oh, I see, I see, I see. I understand. I understand. So, um, I like to play the barbarians because I can turn off my brain and just roll massive damage. Exactly. Uh, yes. you get it. In yep. in college, I played a barbarian. I think that was I think wasn't intentionally named after you, but I did. Like I did name the character. No, I did name it intentionally after you. Didn't? Yeah, I? you did. Yeah, this I was did. before we were close, but you were. Yeah, like, I was just really- like. I know I was this weird like, person. Yeah, exactly. I was just like, you know, that's weird. I let me name my barbarian. I this little this 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 princess with a like a a thirteen year old princess with an axe that was like twice her size. Anyway, uh, all that is to say, uh, never say never. Probably nothing really crunchy that like requires a lot of character customization choices. Um, I have I always want to be playing more of the weird story games like you can find a lot of stuff like kind of hidden on like the back like the the back corners of forums or whatever that are like these absolutely bizarre games about like i don't know like the like that have these very like interesting very unique mechanics and i i never quite kind of self-justify it to play because i'm always like what if they're not fun like i want to give them a try so I think games like those are the ones where I'm like, I want to make, I want to carve out more time for those, but I never seem to. What about you, games Grubby? I, okay, so most games, um, that's based on principle, and all my friends know this. Um, my partner got the big Gloomhaven box last winter, and all of us said that we would try and play it with him, but God, my friend suffered through that, and I sat on the couch and he didn't talk to him. I wouldn't even touch it. Um, so, like, games that I will not touch, almost all of them. Games that I would love to try um, when I got into this industry, because, again, like, I'm only here by accident because I am really good at making beautiful books, and, and I'm kind of a nerd. Uh, so when I got into the industry, I would, like, Kickstarters to just, you know, give back to the community and, like, see what was going on and, you know, be conversational in my field. And I would love to ever get into any of those things. Like I have the, um, like a very fancy version of Shing amending and I would love to openly box someday. Yeah. Uh, that would be great for me. Yeah. I'd love to play Shangxi. That's, that is a good point. Yeah. There's a lot of like games where I'm like, this is a beautiful, interesting game. That... Right. Like I got it because my friends made it and then I didn't play exactly. it because this job is insane. Yes. And it's also, it is also just truly, like, for for me at least, I struggle to play online often, and so the past two years have been, like, having to reinvent a new way of approaching games just to, like, play them. Uh, and so there's a lot of games where it's, like, I would gladly, like, if I was just hanging out with a few folks from camp or it was, like, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, there's very, like, it's just, like, we're sitting around it's, like, oh, let's play a game for a couple hours, gladly pull one of these out, but I'm not going to organize the thing online for them. And I think that's really limp. But it kind of has forced me 
into my comfort zone a bit more than I would like it to. That, that's that's crazy. And I remember when the uh, when all the lockdowns happened in our area, that's when I decided to really um, start Epic Table Games, which is funny. It, the idea initially started with building a, t a gaming table to solve the issues that I was having at the uh, <clears throat> In the, in the physical space. When everything shut down, I was like, how do we move this to something we can still do? So I moved it to online, but I didn't like the Discord aspect. So I did play by post, which, you know, that harkens way back to the early 90s when that's what I used to do is play by post. Uh, yeah, um, me role playing on the uh, Neopets. Mm -hmm. Neop mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, <clears throat> we kind of fell back to that. And uh, obviously things grow from there. And, uh, it's been a journey and that I absolutely love. And I love what it's been able to allow me to connect with individual creators and groups of people who do things like you guys do. And it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, and again, thank you for taking the time to connect. Um, it's, I don't really have a whole lot of words. I know, I know <laughs> that uh, what I want to say is hard to express. There's a lot of gratitude. Um, I really feel it. Um, so with with the time there, I know it's about forty five minutes, which is our. Um, it's a good cutoff for our listeners. I've okay. Much mm -hmm. mm -hmm. It's what they like. Yeah, that's what they love. like. Yeah. Um, so mm -hmm. thank you very much, both of you. Um, I hope to stay in touch. And is there yeah, any last word so that you would like to give to our audience? Uh, follow us on Twitter and check out our website, possumcreekgames.com. Absolutely, yeah, we're coming out with some that. cool new stuff. Oh, yeah, we have an announcement in a couple of weeks, which might even be an announcement. I don't know when this episode is coming out, but Saturday. might be sooner. We'll Saturday, okay, announcement in a couple of weeks. We'll see. We've got yeah. we've got some cool stuff coming in uh, down the line. So, well, I'll yeah. make sure to uh, keep an eye on it. And when I see it, I'll pass it on to everybody that I know. Hell yeah. Thank you. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Take care. Have a good one. See y'all later. Make way for the paladins. Make way for the paladins. Epic Table Games. Make way for the paladins. Make way for the paladins. Epic Table Games. Thank you for listening to the Epic Table Games audio show with the paladins of podcasts, Rob and Josh. Until next time, stay in touch on Facebook at Epic Table Games and online at epictablegames.com. Epic Table Games.